Good afternoon, Cornerstone, and happy Mother's Day to all our mothers. My name is Matthew, and I will be doing the scripture reading for today, which comes from Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 17. He told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked him. But Jesus called to them, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. The word of the Lord. Happy Mother's Day, Cornerstone, and all our mothers out there. Special shout out to my mom. Mom, thank you for your investment in me all these years, right up until today. I love you, Mom. Well, we continue our series in the book of Luke, uh, the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament. And before we jump into it, I have us some things for us to consider. Have you ever experienced being looked down upon? Uh, maybe treated as an outsider or someone who is not worthy or valuable enough, it seems, to be a part of some group. You know, treated with disrespect. Now, unfortunately, all of us have or will experience this in our lives. And this is what many minorities and immigrants experience right now, presently, in the United States, to differing de degrees. And all over the world, skin color, uh, culture, religion, age, education, socioeconomic status, political views, and even gender are reasons why people look down on each other. And this is really a sin issue. And each of us fall to this sin when we do not keep our eyes on Jesus, but instead look down to the world and compare ourselves with other people. Well, Jesus in our text today, Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 17, addresses this sin, teaching us to look up and not looking down. To others. Now look up to God in humility rather than looking down to others out of our sinful pride. Look, Luke chapter 18 verse 9, the first verse of our text, starts by saying and setting this up, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. So to treat someone with contempt means to treat them with disdain, dislike, 
disrespect, disapproval, and contempt flows from a self-righteousness. And Jesus told this story to people that thought they were righteous. And most likely that meant the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders of his time. But the question then opposes to us, have we ever thought that we were righteous when compared to other people? Have you ever thought you were righteous when you thought of other people? Well, the teaching Jesus gave at the end then of this story uh, is in verse 14, kind of wraps it all up. And I want to bring that out now. He said there, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. To trust in and follow Jesus as Lord and Savior requires humility on our part. Humility is the recognition of self in relation to the Lord God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. So this means we see ourselves in light of who God is. That is humility. We are his creation in need of his mercy and forgiveness because of our sinfulness. And when we see ourselves in light of God and his greatness and his power, then we are looking up. We are fixing our eyes on the Lord God. But when we see ourselves in light of other people around us and in light of ourselves, then we are looking down. We are not looking up. So Jesus contrasted two men in this story, this parable that he told to these people who thought they were righteous. Verse 10 says, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. Now, a devout Jew at that time would pray three times a day, once at 9 a.m., then at 12 noon, and then again at 3 p.m., and prayer was thought to be especially effective if it was done in the temple courts. So often, for those especially who lived in Jerusalem, many people would go to the temple at those times in order to pray because their prayers would be more like effective. God would hear them more or something like that. And so listen again to how this Pharisee prayed in verse 11. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Now, it seems here that the Pharisee was really giving a report of himself before God. You know, in, in a sense, he's saying, God, I am very thankful that I'm not like other people because I am so good, unlike these others, especially this tax collector. Notice the Pharisee was fixated on himself and how much more righteous he thought he was than these others that he mentioned. The Pharisee was an example that we see of someone who is looking down, comparing himself with others and comparing himself, uh, himself with the righteous or the unrighteousness of others. And so the key point here is don't look down like the Pharisee, like this Pharisee. We are saved by what Jesus did on the cross out of the love and grace of God. 
and not by our own actions. Righteousness is not something that we earn through our own achievements. A human achievement cannot be considered righteous, but it's, righteousness is rather a gift of God given to us by His grace. So stop comparing ourselves with others. Stop it, because this is, what we, is the result of looking down rather than looking up. It is impossible to be humble before God when we are so fixated on other people or so fixated on ourselves. C.S. Lewis put it well, saying, A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. You see, the more our thoughts like hover around ourselves then and ourselves compared to others, then the more we have difficulty being humble before God. We compare ourselves with others all the time. Think about it. When, when we go visit someone's home, uh, don't we start to begin comparison right away? Like we compare their home with our home, their house we start looking at. We start looking at all their stuff and comparing it with ours, their cars. Uh, we compare incomes uh, with people. We compare educational achievements, uh, uh, professional achievements. We compare our children with people, other people's children. We compare our husbands with other people's husbands. We compare our wives with other people's wives. Our families in general we compare with others. We compare our looks with other people's looks. The act of comparing is evidence that we are thinking of ourselves too much. And we are comparing everything to what we have or what we don't have. And when the Pharisee compared himself with others, he felt pretty good about himself, right? He was like thankful that he was much better than the other people that he mentioned. And we, when we compare ourselves with others, we may not feel so good about ourselves. But even at this point, if we're not feeling good about ourselves, we still have the same problem as this Pharisee had, is that we are thinking too much about ourselves. Listen to the rest of the Pharisee's prayer in verse 12. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. Now, the Jewish law did uh, prescribe one mandatory fast for the Jewish community that happened once a year, and that was on the Day of Atonement. But those who wished to gain like a special merit would fast twice a week, you know, on Mondays and Thursdays. And then also Jews were to tithe from their produce, which we could just say is simply their income. But this Pharisee tithed everything, uh, even things he was not obligated to tithe, he tithed. And he thought he was pretty righteous for doing so. Yeah, he was pretty good, patting himself on the back because... He, he prayed, uh, and he tithed, and he fasted twice a week. Wow, he was really good. But, you know, you'd think about it. The Pharisee really did not go to the temple to pray to the Lord God. No, it was, he went there to pretty much inform God how good he was, and even kind of remind God how good he, he was, like God needed reminding. Uh, see, the Pharisee's lack of humility before God was his big problem. And he was looking down on others around him. He was not looking up to the Lord God, really. He did not fix his eyes on the Lord God. 
He was fixated on himself. Now, the parable then presents this contrast to the Pharisee with this tax collector. Verses 13 and 14. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you this, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Now you have to understand, Pharisees were greatly respected um, and honored as righteous men and spiritual leaders in the Jewish community, right? At this time. And on the other hand, tax collectors were like the opposite. They were despised. They were, they were hated and rejected as traitors to their Jewish people um, because they had collected taxes from the Jewish people to give it to the Roman oppressors. Yeah, so they were, had betrayed their people. And the tax collector in this story knew he was not worthy. He knew he was sinful. He could not even lift up his eyes to the Lord God in heaven. He looked down because of his shame and guilt. He was aware of his sinfulness and pleaded to God for his mercy. Now you see, the Pharisee was looking down because he was comparing himself with others. But the tax collector, even though he was physically looking down, he was actually looking up and comparing himself to God, the Almighty Creator. And this is seeing himself in light of who God is. This is humility that Jesus is painting here in his story. So we should look up to God like this tax collector. Real prayer occurs when we set our eyes on the living God and who He is. You see, the question isn't how good are we compared to other humans? The question is how good are we compared to God? And the answer is we're not good. <laughs> Matter of fact, we are bad <laughs> compared to God. It all depends on who we compare ourselves with, if, whether or not we have humility. Of heart. And when we set our eyes on Jesus and the holiness of God, all that is left for us to say is exactly like this tax collector. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That is the heart of humility. It must have shocked the listeners of Jesus at that time period that he would say that the tax collector, who was despised, went home justified. While the Pharisee did not. What a turnaround uh, in their mindset for them to hear this. To be justified means to be declared righteous. So this tax collector, this despised traitor of society, went home declared righteous in the sight of God. That would have got some people to think. I would and I hope it gets us to think as well. Now, there's a way I was taught that's easy to remember what the word justified means, and it's just as if I'd never sinned. It's we are declared righteous, like our sins are taken care of. It's just as if I'd never sinned, justified, right? Just as if, just as if I'd. So a little mnemonic for you. Now, a humble heart sees life in perspective 
of who God is and then puts our trust in him as Lord. This is humility. And a proud person, in contrast, trusts in himself like the Pharisee. Psalm 149.4 says, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. And then Psalm 51, 16, and 17 say, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. There's that humility. You see, God loves us. He loves you. And he cares deeply about the state of your heart. So the question is, are you looking up to him and who he is and what he's done for you in Christ Jesus our Lord? Or are you looking to the others around you, comparing yourself with them? If you and I are doing this, you're thinking too much of ourselves and not of the Lord God. Our humility before God influences then the way we treat and view others around us. And we see this same theme in the next story uh, that is reported here of how Jesus uh, treats children. And listen to it again. I'll read it, these few verses. Now they were bringing even infants to him and that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him saying, let the little children, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for such to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. You see, in the first century, a child was seen as insignificant, uh, like a, a weak member of society. So they were not that important until they got to be, quote, the adult age, which is, you know, the bar mitzvah, the 12 or 13 years old, that kind of thing. And during that time, infant illness and death was much more common than it is today. So parents would bring their infants, their very small toddlers, infants, to Jesus for him to touch them, meaning bless them and heal them if they had illnesses and things. And the disciples viewed the infants, uh, these infants, these very small children, as unworthy of Jesus's time and attention because they're I mean, think about it, uh, infants especially, right? They, their mental capacity, their awareness of what's going on around them isn't developed yet. So why would Jesus need to spend time with these babies rather than dealing with the adults that were always following and clamoring for his attention? There's so much more attention to be given to these adults that needed his help. And so the disciples had in their minds, and we see it a little bit here, they're trying to manage the situations for Jesus. They let him... Pay attention to what's most important in their minds. And so the disciples sent the parents away or tried to give, to give Jesus more time to do what's important in their mind. But Jesus' attitude toward children really contrasted significantly with that of the disciples here. We see in that time period. And this is why this, this little account is so important for us today uh, to understand. And so Jesus encouraged the children to be brought to him because he loved being with children just as much as he loved being with adults. Remember and, and see this clearly here. He loved to connect with the kids. 
even no matter how small they were, even infants. Um, and Jesus scolded his disciples, we see here, saying, do not hinder them, for such belongs to the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Now, Jesus was not saying here that all children, simply because they're children, uh, receive the kingdom of God. No, there's other texts that deal with that. But rather, Jesus appealed to the quality possessed by little children that is essential to entering God's kingdom. This is what he's pointing to here, right? Like the humility a little child uh, possesses being um, because they really, they have nothing to boast about. We're talking about really small children, okay? Like toddlers, two to five-year-olds, infants, very small children. And God builds his kingdom on childlike characteristics of, of like trust and love, uh, a lack of power, lack of achievement. These little people, they don't have any of this stuff that they're carrying around in the baggage like we do as adults or, or teenagers or older, you know, people that have more of awareness in uh, that way. You see, God wants people whom he can make into his followers, his disciples, and people who will follow him in humility, understanding how far, how far short we fall from the glory of God. Now, children are precious gifts to their parents and to any community uh, of which they're a part of. And sharing the love and message of Jesus with children is just as important to sharing the same with adults. For example, uh, I'll give you an example. Just under 30 years ago, in our church community, a woman named Elizabeth invited her neighbor's little girl named Vivian to, um, well, she invited Vivian through Vivian's parents, of course, uh, to see if she could come with her son, uh, Elizabeth's son, named Theodore, to our vacation Bible school one year. And I think Vivian and Theodore are about the same age. They were around five years old at the time. And so Vivian went to the VBS and then gradually started to go more regularly with this family, Elizabeth and her family, to our Sunday gatherings with the children's program. And, uh, you know, Vivian's parents would periodically go to see Vivian perform in some way with other children that the church put on. And over time, gradually, Vivian's parents became more regular and started attending other than just performances and built friendships and relationships and eventually came to be followers and disciples of Jesus Christ themselves. So this was a gradual thing that happened, uh, a coming to the Lord. And let's fast forward now, 30 years or so, now until today, Vivian Ma, who's that little girl, is now one of our supported missionaries in the UK. And Vivian's dad, Cornwell Ma, is one of our church elders. And Vivian's mom, Pearl Ma, is a key leader in the Cantonese congregation, as well as serves in so many different ways uh, churchwide for the whole church. You know, God's special care to not hinder the children to come to him 
He works as powerfully through children as he does through adults because God is powerful and he can he chooses to work in all ways not limited to our own thinking. You see our humility before God influences the way we view and treat others no matter what they their social status is. And the apostle Paul applies this truth in Romans chapter 12 verses 3 and also verse 16. It says, saying there, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. When we look up to God in humility, He gives us His perspective on this earth. And he loves all people on earth, no matter what their status is. And he will instill that in our own hearts, from children to the elderly, to people of all different races and colors and you know, socioeconomic statuses, education. He will open our hearts to that. But I have to say, we as a church community have a lot to grow in this. We struggle to love um, people of all types, uh, often, it is the children in our community that get neglected, to get overlooked. And, and for example, our children's ministry is, is, continues to struggle to get people to serve in the children's ministry. Why is that? Why the children's ministry find it so hard to get adults to serve in there? Are we don't see them as important? Is that, or how we view the children's ministry is not as glorious as serving, you know, in some other way. Uh, naturally, it isn't as glorious, and the rewards of serving children may not be immediately experienced, like maybe serving with adults, where adults may say, oh, thank you for doing that, or, you know, it's so good, or whatever it is, right? They'll pat us on the back. But on the other hand, to love and care a small child in the name of Jesus, will have a huge impact on these little people in our community. You know, our children's ministry team is super creative and dynamic, uh, exciting team to be a part of. Uh, they're led by Hunling Liu and Katie Chu. And the, for example, the team during this pandem pandemic um, for much of the pandemic, they, they realized how little had been done to care for our families with two to five-year-olds. You know, we have something for the first grade, the sixth grade. We have our youth ministry. The Pastor Paul leads as well. But the two to five-year-olds was just, there was nothing we really had done to focus on them. And so they created, they thought up this um, Bible reading videos that we create for Cornerstone Kids. It's, and so geared toward this two to five-year-old age. So they found books and they, they scanned all the pages. And I mean, if, you've, if you haven't checked it out, you should um, talk to either Katie and Hunling and take a look at it. And then, then the key thing is they, then they were able to recruit and mobilize people from all three of our congregations to, to read books on video for these kids. And it's wonderful. And here's a glimpse of just a few of them. 
Hi Cornerstone Kids, welcome to this week's book reading. I am Pastor Paul, I'm one of the pastors of our church, and this is our son Caleb. Say hi Caleb. Hi. Hi. <laughs> hello Cornerstone Kids, I'm Miss Iris, and this is Leah. Say hello Leah. Hi Cornerstone Kids, welcome to this week's book reading. My name is Miss Henling. Hi Cornerstone Kids. My name is Miss Katie, and I'm one of the Sunday school teachers at church. And this is Coco. Hi, Cornerstone Kids. Welcome to this week's Bible reading. My name is Mr. Nathan. Hi, Cornerstone Kids. My name is Mr. Josiah. Hey, Cornerstone Kids. Welcome back to this week's book reading. Uh, my name is Mr. Ethan. I'm one of the Hi, Cornerstone Kids. Welcome to this week's book reading. My name is Miss Ina, and this is Caleb. Hi, Cornerstone Kids. This is Miss Tina and Chi Chi. Nice to meet you. You know, what a creative and effective way to reach into the, the homes of our young families and minister in this way to these children, two to five years old. The children love watching and listening to these videos of the book readings. You see, the challenge continues, though, because there is no yet, there's not yet a vaccine for children under 16. I mean, CDC says maybe next week they'll approve the vaccine for 12 to 16-year-olds. But still, there were a ways off for the vaccine for all our children to be taken care of. And so until then, uh, we continue. The children's ministry needs creative ideas and help. Um, and so I really encourage you and urge you to consider serving with our children or youth ministries in some way. There's so many different ways we could get involved if we just make ourselves available and help minister to these little people in our church and their families and point them to Jesus in a, in a way, some way, by caring and showing the love and care and message of Christ to them especially as we plan ahead to coming back to be in person, uh, hopefully sometime this year. Now, I've, I've found working with children um, to be humbling because usually the things that I plan and I think will work with the children doesn't quite work out the way I thought. And so I learn, every time I work with kids, I learn so much um, about them, about how to speak the Word of God to them in a way that they can understand and helps me understand the Word of God as well by doing so. And I love working with them because they are always free to ask questions about what I'm saying or about what's going on. They're just so free and curious about that. And I pray that we each as adults or older kids like youth would have the same childlike curiosity and desire to learn about and know Jesus as much as we can. And that never stops, no matter how old we get. Yeah. You know, we learned from Jesus today in our text, Luke chapter 8, 9 through 17, to look up and not look down. Look up to God in humility and not look down here on earth, comparing ourselves with others or thinking too much about ourselves. You know, it is by His grace that we 
can be made righteous, declared righteous, justified through faith in Jesus Christ. It is the gift of God. It's nothing we do that will earn that righteousness. It's granted to us freely through faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross. You know, let me end with a verse from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. May we look up to God with humble hearts. Let's pray. Lord, be merciful to us for we are sinners in need of your grace and forgiveness. Lord, sensitize our hearts to the ongoing pride that we bear, that pushes ourselves away from you, that helps us to be, um, in a sense, looking down on others or practically treating others uh, in a way that dishonors you. And Lord, we pray that your spirit would well up in us and enable us to do what is right. For we are declared righteous through faith in you, but Lord, we pray that we would live righteously by keeping in step with your spirit. Lord, may we become more and more uh, a clear example of what it means to be the body of Christ on earth together corporately, but also individually in our families, in the way we work, in the way we um, act at school with our friends, in the way we do entertainment. Lord, may you just uh, be the aroma that we carry wherever we go. All for your glory, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it's good to be with you. We'll see you next week.